Welcome back to For Our Faith. Today we're going to be looking at the question, what is antinomianism? Before I get into uh, explaining the definition of this word, I'd like to first say that one of the many reasons why the church looks so different today from the church in Acts is because of this heresy of antinomianism. And uh, I'd like to emphasize that it's, it's only one of the reasons why it looks different. But, uh, you know, there are many other reasons found in various forms and hybrids, but uh, certainly this particular heresy, it is a belief system that stands in contraposition to the early church's emphasis on obedience to Christ. And even by mentioning this word, antinomianism, there's probably a lot of people today that would have no understanding of what this word even actually means or what it applies to. And so uh, it's a good question. We'd like to look at it here today. We hope to address it. Uh, To begin with kind of just a simple definition, antinomianism comes from the Greek word anemia, or animos, and it means without law or lawlessness. It can also be defined as selective obedience. It's a picking and a choosing what commands we will obey. It's the idea that we can be disobedient and still be okay. We can be disobedient and still be saved. We can be disobedient and still be a Christian. I'd like to begin here by reading 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. I'm going to read from the ESV version because it uh, maybe uses some words there that are a little clearer for us to understand. It says, Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming, proclaiming himself to be God. The uh, KJV says son of perdition, which can be translated as son of animos. And I'd like to look here today at um, a portion of scripture found in number 16. I believe it will help illustrate what this son of Animos actually looks like and what antinomianism is. Uh, It's the story of Korah, found there in number 16, and really Korah is a type of the Antichrist or a son of Animos. And so I'd like to look at this son of Animos, and I believe it will actually help us see, uh, actually see what antinomianism actually is. So a little backdrop Uh, Korah belonged to the family of Kohath, and the family of Kohath, we could read in Numbers chapter 4, that the family of Kohath was responsible for transporting the the holy parts of the tabernacle. And we also read there that it was Aaron and his son's responsibility. So as they're getting ready to move uh, and they were going to transport the tabernacle, it was Aaron and his son's responsibility to first cover the holy things of the tabernacle so that the sons of Kohath could transport them. And it was commanded Aaron to cover them. It was really a mercy of God. They were supposed to cover them so that the sons of Kohath would not die. If any of the sons of Kohath touched the holy things, they would die. 
Okay, so this was God's pattern. This was God's plan for them. This is what God wanted them to do. But as we read in Numbers 16, verses three, verse 3, it says, And they, speaking of Korah and this company that he had stirred up in rebellion against Moses, And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. And so, uh, what, what we have to understand by this exchange here, this dialogue exchange, is that what Korah was presenting here to Moses, it was not some innocent tweaking of the system in order to help improve it and make it run more smooth. Korah, he, he wasn't coming here trying to add a little grease to a squeaky wheel. He, he wasn't trying to improve upon the justice of God, saying, you know, it's just really not fair that uh, we aren't able to do uh, the work that Aaron and his sons do. Uh, but what it actually was, it was Korah was rebelling against the very pattern that God had commanded. This was not some innocent innovation. It was lawless innovation, and it was outright rebellion against what God had designed and instructed and commanded through Moses. So from this example, what is antinomianism? One aspect of antinomianism that we can learn from this illustration is that it is trying to integrate man's innovations into what God has already determined. And so what we have to understand today is that when Christians try to integrate innovations into the church pattern given by Christ, even if it's with good intentions, what we have to understand is that to integrate these innovations, we are not improving upon God's plan and design for the church. We are actually rebelling. Another aspect is the outright rebellion that is clothed in spirituality. And again, today, much of modern Christianity is throwing off the simple teachings of Christ under the guise of being, quote, free in Christ or not wanting to be legalistic. But again, what we must recognize is that this is not freedom, but that this is lawlessness. And if it's not repented of, these Christians are going to come to judgment and hear the words of the Lord, where he already had had given these words, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. And interestingly, that word iniquity used there by the Lord is, is translated in the, as lawlessness. It is that same word of animos or, or lawlessness. Uh, the word iniquity, uh, animia or animos. A third aspect of animia is selective obedience that we can gather from this illustration they were not satisfied with what God had ordered them to do. And so they were going to pick and choose how they were going to serve God. And again, we, we see this so prevalent in the picking and choosing of scriptures today that are obeyed. The Bible is literally being gutted by professing Christians who are selectively obeying in order to be culturally relevant. In disobedience to the word, for instance, they they allow women to preach in order to be more culturally relevant to the times, or they don't wear head coverings because it's not culturally acceptable. 
Uh, certainly, there's, there's a lot more that could be shared on antinomianism and its impact on the church, but we hope that this uh, short podcast at least brings a little more awareness to our audience and can actually help you identify some areas, uh, even where it's having impact today. And uh, we, we really we hope that you'll join us in rejecting this heresy and to return to the simple and the beautiful call, uh, the beautiful life of just simply being an obedient child of God. If you have any further questions regarding this topic or if you would like more informo- information uh, regarding this topic, please don't hesitate. Use our contact form on the website uh, to contact us. Again, as, as we say often, we, we welcome and we appreciate your questions.